0: episode 21 of gumbo my name is we are here once again with another podcast i just want to talk with you guys about some fantasy football some of the thoughts we're having throughout the week and i mean we are getting towards july which means that training camp is coming soon as you guys know if you've been playing for a few years training camp is kind of when a lot of stories are born you get to find out about your rookies you drafted Uh, if you play in dynasty leagues And, um, it's probably the most exciting thing next to the actual game
1: itself. Absolutely, man. I mean, after the draft and stuff, like there's obviously not much going on whatnot through the, uh, off season, like we've kind of, you know, expected, you know, it's something that it's obviously just goes through its natural, uh, flow throughout the off season. Mm -hmm. Right now we are kind of blessed because I mean, we do have some things going on like with NFL teams and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, which makes it a lot more interesting, like, the Deshaun Watson stuff right now, like, a couple of those, like the majority of those cases, mm-hmm. uh, they they were, uh, what do you call it?
0: They were dismissed or settled.
1: Uh, yeah, they were settled, yes. So, these cases, uh, 20 of the 24 of them, allegedly, uh, that are in the works, they got settled. So, basically, what that means is, he they, doesn't have to worry about those, he doesn't have yeah. to go to court. So, like, basically, there's four that are still outlanding. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, typically they're probably just looking for more money, uh, since they are, uh, civil cases on, the, because other than like just bringing to light the actions that have happened, which I mean, I think his lawyer almost has explained what has happened to, yeah. for the most part now. So I don't really know if it's, if there's a need to go to a trial for this stuff, but I mean, those witnesses or those victims, they have the right to do that. So I mean, yeah. if they don't want to settle, if they want to go to trial and, you know, drag him uh, through the mud because of what he did. Uh, I mean, obviously they have the power to do that, but they have to have a case. So
0: yeah, definitely, and that's the only way it'll it'll stand in court. So I guess we'll ha- kind of wait to see what happens with the last few.
1: Yeah, man, um, which is kind of crazy, just because like what you, like you said, like with training camp coming up, like. All the Amari people out there, all the uh, David Bell uh, lovers, like they would love to see Deshaun yeah. Watson throwing these guys the football, obviously without all the scrutiny.
0: If you have anybody on the Browns, you want Deshaun Watson,
1: yeah, playing
0: yeah. obviously. But then outside of just fantasy football, there's, um, there's other stuff going on with that too. So. Yeah,
1: so I mean, like obviously some people are gonna like have. You know, their withdrawals and whatnot from him, which is obviously understandable. I mean, people did the same thing with like Michael Vick and everything like that. Like, I I think there's always going to be like somewhat of a sore taste in their mouth Mm -hmm. and everything, or in your mouth. So, but like, I mean, at the same time, like, people do change, like, not necessarily change. Like, I think like their actions are always going to be their actions. Like, you can't take away what has happened. Yeah. But you can always grow to be a better person. Like, you've seen Michael Vick, uh, you know, kind of been. Uh, welcome back into, like, the TV community. Like, he's back on, like, uh, you know, like, Fox Daily or, like, whatever. That like... was a little different, though. Yeah, you know, definitely a little different. I'm not saying that uh, Deshaun Watson's gonna have any sort of, like, media career or anything like this after, after the case either, but... I'm just saying that, like, people do uh, get past things and, like, they can go out and still be great football players. Like, Michael Vick had sure. that one amazing fantasy season. Yeah. Like, with the Eagles, like, no one ever expected that. So Yeah,
0: and I, I don't think football for, for Deshaun is... We, we all know he's a top-five quarterback.
1: When he's playing, but, I mean, that was also a couple of years ago. But with the, his talent, with his brain, I mean, like, he's, he's amazing out there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It's impossible to doubt him as a quarterback. Would
0: you buy, sell, or hold Cleveland Brown fantasy football players?
1: Well, right now, like, I feel like you're kind of just pigeon-held to them because of what Deshaun Watson can do. Like, other than, like, the players that are kind of in, like, the last contracts where you don't think they're going to get re-signed. Like, let's say, like, a Kareem Hunt, like, even though, like, I would want to have some of his stock because I like what he does. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm not necessarily sure what is going to happen with them if they do release him. Yeah. Uh because obviously we keep saying that he could be a cap casualty at any moment. So I don't know, man. Like it's like for the most part, yes. Let me answer your question. Yes, I would uh I probably I'm either holding or probably buying mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, I don't necessarily want Amari Cooper, but I know that he's gonna have some value once Deshaun Watson is Mm-hmm. guaranteed the start for quarterback uh, regardless of, like, what his suspension is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, like I said with David Bell, like, he's a mm-hmm. rookie coming in who is a what I think is going to be probably one of the more prolific, uh, you know, just possessive receivers, I would yeah, say. For sure. like, he's not very so, fast, but, like, he catches just about every ball uh, that gets next to him. So,
0: I, When it comes to the Cleveland Browns, to the question, buy, sell, or hold, I'm probably gonna buy. For sure, bro. I think that uh Is there
1: anyone like in particular you're trying to buy right now or like that you're looking into buying anything like that? It'd
0: be Amari or Nick Chubb.
1: That's fair. I think Nick Chubb's a great play just because I mean with uh with their coach there, you mm-hmm. know he likes to really pound the ball to yeah. begin with. I mean that's what he did when he was the for off sure. OC for the Vikings. For sure. And he was also able to implement those wide receivers like Thielen. Jefferson, where they all had really great career years. Speaking so, of
0: um, speaking of coaches and speaking of Thielen, yeah. uh, the Vikings got a new coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams. Fact. He was the offensive coordinator for Los Angeles during their Super Bowl run, and now he's stepping in as head coach in uh, Minnesota for the Vikings.
2: Facts, yeah.
0: And so when you kind of sit down and really look at what the Vikings have to offer, they have a ton of... Great positional guys. They have Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. our guy Adam Thielen, they got Dalvin Cook. Uh, they got other guys coming up, you know, coming up the ranks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What Kevin O'Connell had last year with Los Angeles was really similar. When I compare a Cooper Cup to a Justin Jefferson, I compare to a what was once Cam Akers to Dalvin Cook. Um, you can compare Robert Woods and Adam Thielen. But...
1: What do you mean? Oh, once Cam Akers. I mean, Cam Akers. is... Cam Akers got hurt. Yeah, I know, but he's younger than Dalvin Cook, and I mean, Dalvin Cook's got hurt. I'm talking
0: hurt. in terms of talent. In terms of talent, having that elite level running back was I mean, an option for Kevin O'Connell when you know what I'm saying like trying to orchestrate the offense.
1: Yeah, during the postseason.
0: Yeah, and they during won Super Bowl. Playoffs, yeah, they won Super Bowl, and Dalvin Cook is on par with Cam Akers or better. Yeah, it's arguable. You know what you want to. I'm going to say better, but um, anyone could argue either side. And so Kevin O'Connell stepping into all these weapons in uh, Minnesota. Uh, I know we kind of lost Dee so I don't know what to expect from our offense yet on yeah. the Packers side. But uh, the Lions are kind of getting it together, and the Bears just had a stinker of a draft. Like, they're ass, they have no receivers. Mm. Um, when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings offense, they have a lot of people that I would not mind getting my hands on. Um, looking at that offense and looking at kind of where everyone is with their careers as far as the players go, mm-hmm. who is your sleeper on the Minnesota Vikings that you wouldn't mind getting your hands on?
1: Uh, I mean...
0: For their, for the value. You
1: know yeah, I mean, if, if they had to be on the Vikings right now, um, I would say Alexander Madison's one of the ones that I would really like to get my hands on just because, uh, Delvin Cook, he's going to be coming up on a contract in a couple of years. Uh, his cap hit, gets larger and larger. So even if he does uh, stay on the Vikings, that uh, Delvin Cook, that is, if he stays with the Vikings and they don't want to sign Alexander Madison to a longer term deal, which is going to be demanding, yep, uh, then at least if I have Alexander Madison, I'm almost graduating to a RB one. Damn near. So I uh, I would really like that, but I know right there, uh, if you are trying to buy someone like that, typically if you're in dynasty leagues, you know. People have great value. Yeah, for sure. He obviously commands great value right now just because of the situation he's in. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, Alexander Madison for sure. Otherwise, bro, I i mean, not a sleeper, but give me Jay Jets. I mean, Jay Jets is so young right now, uh, and he's so talented. As much as I hate Kirk Cousins, he gets his targets. He does, and Justin Jefferson is just too good not to drop the ball. Or yep. too good to drop the ball. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I just think that having him on a fantasy team just because he's what like a top five wide receiver ever since he came into the league.
2: Fact.
1: I uh, I think that commands a lot of fucking value and a lot of fucking talent to have on my team. So yeah, yeah I would say sleeper mode, uh, Alexander Madison, which I don't think is a sleeper. I guess. Um, and then yeah, if I just wanted someone on that team, uh, definitely give me Jay Jets. Yeah. What about you, man? Well, who would you want for the um, like I'm going to
0: go opposite of Alexander Madison. I'm going to go Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you?
0: Because I think Dalvin Cook has the upside to be the highest scoring player in fantasy. You're putting him into a more, a potentially more potent, more effective offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that if that offense works out the way it could, and Kevin O'Connell can lead the Vikings to a successful season, Dalvin Cook's going to see a lot of opportunity to get his rushes in. Mm -hmm. But i also hear rumors of him spreading out wide, which means that they're definitely going to make sure they take care of his pass catching. Facts. So regardless of the situation, he's going to be on the field. We're talking about a potentially better offense in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And he's also maybe just the best player. I mean, him and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's probably a better receiver than Cook as a running back. But I don't even think the difference or the margin between those two are... It's not that big, you know?
1: Right, yeah, like if I'm looking at like fantasy value, I mean, on any given week, I mean, like Jay Jets could put up a donut, and you know the same thing with Dalvin Cook. I mean, it just kind of depends on what's gonna happen, and both of them, I guess, Delvin Cook more than Jay Jets, but I think Delvin Cook's just getting more injured than he's getting older than Justin Jefferson. So I mean. Uh, at a point, I would say you're not wrong. But I think that, at this point, I think Justin Jefferson is commanding more fantasy value. Like, I I don't think it's very... I think very, right now
0: you can't, yeah. Just because Cook is coming off of that last season he had, which wasn't the greatest.
1: Right. I mean, it's not bad, and he's going to be an a RB1 for sure. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you can have that on your fantasy team... I, I mean, it's a... I, it's it's a to each part. your own. I mean, and like, having an RB1 or having a wide receiver one, um, obviously both are great.
0: So if you guys play in, uh, let's say you guys do mock drafts, and you're playing in mock drafts right now, if you're paying attention, if you're in, a, let's say, a 12-team, 14-team league redraft mock, I mean, Dalvin Cook's going around, like, the middle of the first round. Right. So you're talking about six, seven, eight, nine i think that's a great value just for everything that he can do so that's a value in itself but i think the lowest buy or the cheapest buy uh could be irv smith
1: the tight end for the vikings uh i don't even know if i want any of his stock though dude like i mean we've been down this rabbit hole before but i mean i just don't know if he's really commanded any real respect like he doesn't I don't know. Like he's not that great of a receiving option. I don't think he's not that great of a blocker. The only upside that I've ever seen from Irv Smith is that he went to Alabama, which, yes, you have to have talent to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: at an NFL level, I haven't do, seen him do shit. Yeah.
0: So, I think it's a difference of maybe, like, how you value risk. Okay. Like, I,
1: I guess, what, what do you think is the upside for Irv Smith, given what I had just told you, like, if he, you look at the numbers, he hasn't done shit in the NFL. He was probably overcasted at Alabama with the amount of wide receiver talent, which means he never had to go catch the ball or be a primary asset there. So, yeah,
0: But where I have to draft Irv Smith, I'm not really risking much. I'm talking about a 9th, 10th, 11th round pick. So even bro,
1: you'd be pushing it if you're drafting him at that. At a 12th round. team? Bro, there's no way that I would... That's disgusting, dog.
0: You're talking about him going, like, around pick 100. Yeah, after dude. after pick 100. I, I think
1: You're Earth telling Smith, me you don't think
0: Irv Smith is a top 100? No. Not at all. Huh. You know what? That actually kind of makes sense because quarterbacks, I'm factoring in quarterbacks and all the other positions that score a lot of points. So, yeah, you could be right on that. But my point about Irv Smith isn't the fact that I'm drafting him immediately to be, like, some breakout tight end one. I'm just getting them at a really good value. I'm getting them towards the end of that run of tight ends. So we're talking about Dallas Goddard going off the board. Dawson Knox going off the board. Uh, we're getting around... Most of
1: those guys are going to be... I mean, the... you're,
0: you're talking about drafting Irv Smith around the time that you would be looking at an Austin Hooper. Or... I'd rather have
1: Austin Hooper in the Titans offense at this point.
0: So that's also not known because he's never played in the offense before. So you can... At least I know something about Irv Smith... And granted, yeah, he's in a new office with Kevin O'Connell, but I know where he fits in as far as talent, as far as ability.
1: Yeah, at least I know Austin Hooper has been a bona fide talent before. He has respect on the on the Falcons. He has respect on the Browns. Like, come on, dude. Like, he's done stuff before to be a talent.
0: When has Mike Rabel ever produced a good tight end?
1: Uh, he's been Johnny Smith.
0: Enough. Eh. Johnny's kind of mid
1: Alright, cool. Well, I mean, there's a reason why he went to New England and got a buck. So and didn't,
0: didn't do shit last year.
1: That doesn't matter. Just because you don't do shit for one year in a new system doesn't mean that you're ultimately a failure. What are you fucking talking about? So,
0: why doesn't that apply to Irv Smith?
1: Because Earth Smith has been in the Viking system for a while now. And, like I've said, I don't know if he really necessarily has the talent level of what Kevin O'Connell is going to want from a tight end. Like, I'm assuming they're going to be drafting more down the line once they see that he's a piece of shit.
0: All right, so right now we have another case of the Dougal bias. And the Dougal bias is disliking someone because of their quarterback situation.
1: And because of their previous talent and production. But, yeah, go off.
0: I think that Irv Smith is a great profile for a tight end. I think he catches well. He runs well. uh, He's versatile. I don't – I'm not going to – about his blocking because when he's blocking I'm not watching. But I think that he's a more than talented tight end who hasn't really gotten that opportunity to be like a premier guy. We give every other tight end in the world three years before we expect production from him. Irv Smith is going into year three in a he's new He's going year four? Year four but he was hurt last year so he was hurt all of last year. Whoa! So This is his third year actually playing in the league. And so, I mean I'm going to give him the same grace that I give all the other guys in his position group. I'm not going to hold him to a higher standard mainly because of where I'm getting him in drafts. I'm talking around 9, nine 10, 11, 12. Like he's not going for a premium. and I'm drafting him to be a low-end tight end because that's all that's left in the market or that's all that's going to be available when you're drafting Irv Smith. But his upside compared to some of those other guys, if he does realize his talent, if he does get some target share, I think it's higher than Austin Hooper or it's higher than a Daniel Bellinger or it's higher than even a David Njoku. Like, I... That's all
1: cap. I think long end, he might be better than Austin Hooper just because Austin Hooper's around, what, like year 6, 7? So he's probably going to be out of the league soon. Other than that, bullshit. Like, he's not going to be better than Daniel Bellinger down the line. He's not. Who was the other person you said? David Njoku. David Njoku with Deshaun Watson on the Browns? You think that's going to be a better matchup? Or you think that... Kirk Cousins, and Irv Smith, who has done nothing, is going to be better than David Njoku, who has actually scored a fucking touchdown in the NFL with a quarterback.
0: Bro, Irv Smith has done damn near everything David Njoku's done with Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins before. Bro. David Njoku has never really produced as a productive tight end in the NFL, dog. Like, he just had a really high draft capital, so he continues to get contracts and hype and news reports. He got drafted in, like, the first or second round. But at the end of the day too bro like irv smith isn't a scrub like i'm not saying that dude's gonna pop out and be george kittle he's not gonna be travis kelsey he's not gonna be darren waller but i mean if you're talking about a consistent tight end a part of a should-be explosive offense he's never gonna play the top cornerback he's never gonna play the best linebacker because they're distracted by his teammates I think that just by way of being on the team playing tight end, he's going to produce numbers that are going to make him usable in, in fantasy. If he realizes his potential and he takes that next step somehow, some way, then he's out of here. That's a great value for where you take him. I'm not saying that he's some elite guy in the moment, but because of where I'm getting him, what he's shown me already, and where he could go if things are realized, that's somebody that I would uh, I, I would take at that value that I'm currently getting him in. And so I like Irv Smith, I know you don't, but that's kind of just where I stand with the guy, you know?
1: Yeah, I yeah I understand where you're coming from. I mean, there's people that you might not like that I'm high on, so I understand. I just don't like him, so...
0: Brings me to another guy that uh, we haven't seen much from, but we're getting reports about. Uh, Traylon Burks on the Tennessee Titans. He was drafted after the Titans traded away A.J. Brown. Yep. And you happen to have him on your team. Yes, sir. And I happen to not take him, and I took Garrett Wilson. Right. just want to, you know, let everyone know where we stand. And uh, reports out of camp have been, you know, we've seen some cool highlight films, and we've seen a couple catches in the end zone from him, but there seems to be a new report every other day about his health, about his asthma, about his conditioning. And I'm wondering, how do you feel uh, being about two months into owning Traylon Burks on one of your dynasty teams?
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I have no uh, regrets whatsoever taking him at the 1-4. I mean, I think that's great value for what I think he's going to end up being. As far as all these reports and stuff coming out about his asthma and stuff, I'm not honestly all that worried at all. I think just because of the way that he's physically built, I think he's going to be able to overcome that and be able to do things at a normal rate. I guess like people don't understand that asthma is gonna take a little bit out of you. Yeah. So I mean, I, as long as he's able to build up his stamina and all of his <coughs> win for game time, that's all I'm really worried about. Mm-hmm. Like last year, I mean, we keep saying the same shit, but with Jamar Chase's drops the year before, with everyone saying that uh, Justin Jefferson was gonna be wide receiver three on that Vikings team when he was a rookie. Like, there's always some sort of report on rookies, and, I mean, it doesn't necessarily end up always being right. Like, I mean, I could be underplaying this. Like, look at, like, Denzel Mims. Like, he had, you know, like, kind of, like, some issues as well. Never really panned out. He was, like, a first-round receiver. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I just think based on what he has done, and he hasn't done Jackson in the NFL, so why am I giving him the benefit of the doubt? Well, it's because of what he did at college. And if he was able to get through those programs and do it at a high rate where he was able to be this physical beast that everyone respected and commended, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be able to translate at least the majority of that to the NFL. And if he's able to do that, I think he's going to be uh, leaps and bound ahead of a lot of those other people. I have... I don't know. What are your thoughts on... I mean, I mean, I could be talking on my ass, well, which sucks, but I mean, I...
0: You always kind of talk out of your ass. Bro,
1: <laughs> they, there ain't no cap on this, though. I think Traylon Burks, I mean...
0: I, I, I fuck pe- pe- like, I'll fuck with Traylon. People
1: shit on him. People shit on a lot of other receivers, though, and I think this guy actually has something. I think based on how he's built and the way he can be dynamic, not only uh, catching the ball, like, 20 yards out, 5 yards out on a slant, Mm -hmm. But this motherfucker can also take those sweeps and shit and actually be useful with the ball, like as a running back almost. Yeah. So, I just like that he has that extra wrinkle to him, and he can bring that to this offense where D. Henney can, you know, take a little bit of a breather sometimes because of that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I really like that to the wrinkle of this offense, man. I don't know.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, obviously, he might not be all that this year, but coming into year two, I mean, this guy could be an absolute beast and... I mean, everyone's gonna be like, "Shit, like why we think his asthma was a problem last year?"
0: Yeah, so I think where I'm at with it is I I still like Traylon Burks. He's still very, very, very high on my list of rookie wide receivers this year, and I think that he has potential. You know, maybe by week eight, week nine, week ten um, to kind of start getting that those, those opportunities within that offense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think
0: I- everything runs through Derrick Henry on that offense, and it will remain so. Uh, but in terms of receiver production, Kyle Phillips looks like he's also a guy. Uh, Robert Woods seems to be, uh, set up for a really, you know, big year coming up. Yeah. And Austin Hooper is apparently making noise in training camp too.
1: That's what I be saying about Austin Hooper, bro.
0: So when it comes to Traylon Burks, I think that he's, I think that early on, a lot of people are going to freak out about all the other guys having success and maybe not him immediately. Sure. And that's going to be an opportunity if you don't have Traylon Burks to go and buy Traylon Burks.
1: Yeah, man. Like, if someone was going to be selling them early, I I mean, I wouldn't hold strong diamond hands, this motherfucker.
0: This is my advice. If you want Traylon Burks, and the owner is reading all these reports, and you can tell that they're kind of, you know, like, sweaty-fingered about it, Mm -hmm. go in and make an offer. Go in and make that offer, man. Like... He's going to be okay. He's a grown man. Even in when he plays in the NFL, he's going to look bigger than everyone on the field. Facts. Just off day one, right? So we're talking about asthma. And I was reading or I was actually watching a video about Dr. Jesse Morse on Twitter. Um, at Dr. Jesse Morse, big shout out to you. But he's a fantasy doctor. Mm-hmm. Or I guess he's a doctor that uh, does, like, analyzations on fantasy players. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about Burks's asthma. Yep. And one thing about asthma is that it will adjust to an environment that you live in mm-hmm. and it takes a few months before it adjusts. Yeah. So let's say you grew up in, uh, let's say, Arkansas.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where you went to school at least.
0: So at some point when he first got to Arkansas, if he was new to the area or whatever, mm-hmm. it takes a couple months for his asthma to adjust and they probably knew that going in. But by year two, year three, year four, he's adjusted to the environment, his body's adjusted to the environment, and he can do different things. Right. That's what's going to happen in Tennessee. He's in his first few months living in Tennessee probably full time, and um, his first few months, I mean, bro, he's probably going to be adjusting biologically up until we get to, like, holiday season.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Just because, like, the people who are listening to that, like, oh, like, he has to uh, adjust to the place that he's living how is he going to be able to go on the road and perform like- exactly
0: that's another concern and that's that's something that from my readings I was reading up on uh like NBC Sports Edge I was reading up on Fantasy Pros and I noticed that there were some columnists who made note that he kind of struggled in his pre-draft workouts with a lot of teams which is why he fell mm-hmm. uh, to be the 5th or 6th you know receiver taken off the board mm-hmm. like keep in mind bro like he went after Jameson Williams Chris Olave Drake London, Garrett Wilson, uh, he went after all four of those guys.
1: Yeah, I think... Was uh, Jahan
0: Dotson ahead of him?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Maybe. I think Jahan Dotson was ahead of him, so he didn't even go top five in his class, and he has the best profile of anybody outside of maybe Drake London, right? That's
1: fair. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to look, like, body stature, like, I mean, Drake London to me, like, I still don't think he has the best profile. Like, he has the best height, yes. Like, he's going to be able to be the best. Probably. We don't know what his
0: speed is.
1: He's going to be able to be the best, like, possessive receiver in this draft. But, I mean, being 6'5 and 220, like, that just does it for a lot of teams. And they're going to mm-hmm. love that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Traylon Burks was 6'3, 225. Like, he's he's a beast. Like
0: He's an alpha, bro. Like, yeah. he can walk into any receiver room in the NFL and be the biggest guy.
1: Yeah, but, like... I don't care if he falls or anything, like, as long as you care about, like, what he does on the field and you like what he does, it shouldn't matter where he falls to. I mean, look at DK, he fell into the second round, and motherfucker is now...
0: A, NFL draft-wise,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, at least in the draft, right. In the NFL yeah. draft. And he, uh, yeah, now he's a wide receiver one, or high wide receiver one, low end yeah. wide receiver two. So, I mean, he, I, I don't know, man, like, he's... I like Traylon Burks, man. I don't care about his asthma problems so far. Like you said, he has to adjust. and I mean, does it give me any sort of clarity? Not really. But I I like him just as a talent, man. I think he's going to be able to do his shit.
0: Would you be willing to sell him if the price was right?
1: I mean, the price would have to be right. And to this moment, I don't really know what that would entail. What the price is. Right. Yeah
0: you got to see him in action first. And that's kind of one of those things that happens. And that's always something that you got to look out for during the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just spent the last few minutes talking about trailing birth But one guy I want to highlight just because he's on my team and I'm selfish. Uh, but also, I mean, he's cool. Like, he just had a big interview with the Pivot podcast. Uh, but his name is Gary Wilson, and he plays wide receiver for the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, man. He's uh, I think he's a great talent, man. I mean, when you look at it, he is – I mean – He's everything that you kind of want from a receiver. At least, like, a modern-day receiver, for sure. Man. Like, he's able to do everything that you want as far as, like, route-wise. uh, Everything like that. I mean, the one thing that I wish, you know... I wish he had a better brain or at least some sort of knowledge about a rookie dinner. That's, I mean, the <laughs> only thing that I was a little, like, sus about. Like, wait, you don't know about that? Yeah. Like, even us from the outside, like, we know about rookie dinners and shit. Yeah. So, I don't know. Kind of wild that he... He thought it was going to be a fun time and not, like, a mm-hmm.
0: 75K. Maybe ago. he maybe he didn't know that was going to be the rookie dinner. Maybe he just thought they was actually just going out to get food. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he thought he got, like, a Facebook RSVP to the act. Uh, but no, nah, man, like, Garrett Wilson is a dog. I drafted him with the second pick in our dynasty draft we held recently with our home league. Uh, I had the 1-2, and I took him after Brees Hall was taken off the board. And the reason I liked him so much is because he's such a good route runner. Like, everything he runs is, for the most part, fluid. I don't love the way he runs, because he runs like a Naruto character, kind of. That's fair. Like, my man just doing whatever he wants to do with his arms. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, he gets open, he catches the ball, he makes plays, and he has a great mindset. Like, every interview I see with Garrett Wilson, he's always just football first, he's Mm -hmm. always focused on his craft, and he always is mature. Right. Like, he's a really, um, like, articulate, like, wise beyond his years kind of guy.
1: Yeah, uh, A.J. Hawk was saying some stuff about that, too, how much mm-hmm. he likes the kid and how much, like, even mm-hmm. when he was, like, a freshman, like, mm-hmm. he was really hoping that that kid succeeded and now he saw him go yep. kind of overall, so, like, yep. it's the it's small things like that, man, like, For I sure. mean, the kids that do actually go out and do it the right way, yeah. and, I mean, it's it's great to see, especially the ones like him who tempt yeah. overall now. He has almost the world uh, at his shoulder, like the world in front of him, to go out and do anything that he wants because Mm -hmm. he's in New York and the Jets.
0: My man was drafted number ten to New York City to go play with second-year quarterback. Like, yeah, he's definitely going to go do big things. And the one thing about fantasy rookies and fantasy rookie receivers, when you're trying to go out and find out who you want to take, with especially if you have an early in the draft or an early in the rookie draft pick is you want to go ahead and make sure you get a guy who has a lot of talent, but you also want to go ahead and make sure you get a guy who's going to be reliable every week. And reliability can come in the form of stats and numbers and how they produce on the field, but it can also come in the form of knowing that they're going to be on the field.
1: Bro, one thing that, with what you just said, one thing that I don't love about the Garrett Wilson stock, just in case I am wrong about Zach Wilson, is if he does kind of or if he does kind of fall out, and if he doesn't do exactly what we think is going to happen, his stock is ultimately going to kind of go down as well. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's crazy to think about. It is a possibility, though. I mean, what would you think, how would you react, let's say, three years from now if, you know, Garrett Wilson, he's been an eye receiver, but he's never scratched inside the top ten and Zach Wilson is also looking to get out of the Jets. I mean, mm-hmm. what would, where would your mindset be with that?
0: So when I draft receivers, especially receivers with high draft capital, is when I look at a player, I look at their floor as well. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at Garrett Wilson's floor, I think that at worst he's going to be a low end and mid-tier wide receiver too. Okay. I don't think he falls beyond that. I don't think he becomes a player that you just can't start every week. I think at his absolute worst, he's a wide receiver, too. Low-end wide receiver, two, Somewhere in the realm of where, like, uh, T. Higgins kind of goes.
1: I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like he probably has a higher s- floor, I would say, than T. Higgins. Just, I mean, yeah. on that team, if you want to think of yeah. one and twos. Yeah. I mean, Jamar is going to be the one, I think. For and sure. then T. Higgs, obviously, probably the two going forward. So like, And when you look at the Jets, it, I would say Garrett Wilson's going to step up and be the wide, wide receiver one right away. You have Elijah Moore, and then... I mean, you also have...
0: I disagree with you on that.
1: What do you... Okay, go go through a thing, man. Tell me what you think.
0: So I disagree with you saying that Garrett Wilson's going to step in and automatically be a wide receiver one. Um, I think that Garrett Wilson is super talented. He's learning the playbook. He's getting accustomed to playing with Zach Wilson. But I think that Elijah Moore is only in his second year. I think he's super fucking talented. And I think that Elijah Moore is the kind of guy who can go ahead and produce right off the bat to get his offense going and then maintain his stay somewhere within that offense. So.
1: Well, I don't think you're wrong with that, but I just think if you're investing the tenth overall oh, in yeah. a motherfucker... No, no,
0: no. Garrett, they're going
1: to be on the fucking... They're going to be on the field just about every goddamn play.
0: Yeah, Garrett Wilson is going to have all the opportunity in the world to take over. But I think that to start off... Elijah Moore is probably going to be the guy who um, is the wide receiver you want. Now, as we move into year two, year three, and so forth, I think that's when Garrett Wilson becomes what we all think that he can become. But first year, I think that he's going to have a little bit more of a learning curve than, let's say, someone like Drake London or Traylon Burks because even though he might run routes better or he might be a better overall receiver, those guys are stepping in a target share. They don't have much for opposition in terms of, like, other receivers on the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Garrett Wilson has to, you know, outperform Elijah, Corey Davis. They just brought in Brees Hall, who's also going to be a large part of the running game, and we don't know what he's going to do there yet. And uh, they just have a lot more weapons for him to have to worry about as opposed to a guy like Drake or Trey who are on the Falcons or the Titans, and, like, they're the, you know, hottest thing in the draft room by far. Yeah, I mean, room, you know?
1: yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I mean... Drake London, I mean, he he just... Like, I don't love he, Drake he London He has to either. fight the defense to get those reps, basically. Basically. Like, that's literally all he's going against is the defense to get starting spot. Like, yeah. he, he's literally going to be the wide receiver one in that room. Like, without a doubt, for sure. Yeah. But, Traylon Burks, I think, is a different story. I mean, he, he is fighting a shit ton of talent as well. Like you said, like, that offense does run squarely through yeah, Derrick right. Henry, Henry yeah. and then plus they did just get Robert Woods in a trade, mm-hmm. and then they all said, as, as much as I don't think it's going to necessarily be that, uh like, necessary down the line, I mean, they do have Kyle Phillips, who I think is a great, great third-down target.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, when he was at UCLA, like there's a running joke that it was third and Phillips because regra- <laughs> regardless of where he was on the field, like
0: he don't play, bro. He was gonna find he was
1: gonna find an open space within the defense yep. pass a third down line, and yep. as long as the quarterback would find him, it would be a first down. Mm-hmm. Like so, that's what I really like in a in a receiver, and I wish I would have got Kyle Phillips. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, like with Traylon Burks, I mean, like just. With the back knowledge of that, it mm. kind of just thinks, like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of target share down the line. Yeah. And yeah. when you think of uh, the other wide receiver, I forgot what his name is. It's, like, Westbrook Ike or something like oh,
0: that. Oh, uh, Westbrook Ikeen. Yes,
1: thank you, yeah. yeah. Uh, him, like, apparently, like, he's having a pretty good camp as well, so. Yeah, and he's I mean, a big body. Yeah, he's big body as well. I don't, so maybe, like, he's kind of, like, getting some targets this year. And then mm-hmm. next year, I would assume Traylon Burks would blow past him as for far sure. as like target, sure.
0: Yeah, man. But,
1: I mean, like, kind of like you said, man, Like, just like those first-year players usually don't get as much just because of, you know, like there's other people that have been there for another year who you know might know the book a little more. But I just think, especially when you take a wide receiver or some of those skill positions in the first round.
0: What traits are most important?
1: Well, I... <laughs> It depends on the team, I guess. But like, I'm just saying, like, if you're putting in the, the value to take a skill position in the first or even early second, mm-hmm. I just think that with that, it's gonna command value. You're gonna mm-hmm. have to get some sort of, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of return on your investment, kind of early. Like, yeah. you're not gonna want to be like, oh, like we drafted someone in the first, and, and they end was. up being a slack. Like, the only reason that happens is if if you fuck up. Like, if you take, like, a Denzel Mims or if you take, who the fuck is that, uh, Terrence Marshall. There's a lot of
0: guys who have flaked out in the first round.
1: You know, like, with that, like, if you don't see it producing early, I don't want to be a stickler, but... Yeah, I would try to sell. Like you move
0: if, off them when you can, but at the same time, that's also when their value is lowest. Fact, like, like you kind of have to wait till that second or third year semi breakout to get anything for them,
1: which sucks, dude. It it really sucks because like some of those guys, like you might have all the upside in the world on them, but like after like a year or two, like if they flake and out, like and you can see it early, try to sell off it, man. Like
0: if you own Rondell Moore, you're going through that. Yeah, if you own. Dwayne Eskridge, you're going through that.
1: Fuck, dude. Like, you can even say, like, Hollywood Brown. Like, I mean, now he's going to the Cardinals, which, I mean, that's kind of dank. Like, he's getting reunited with his... Kyler
0: Murray from...
1: From Oklahoma, which is awesome. Like, hey, like, you probably don't have to think too much about that because you're not on a running offense as much.
0: Yeah, he gets more opportunity now.
1: Yeah, but with that being said, like, Rondale Moore owners are probably fucking shitting their pants because, like, that's literally the role that he was supposed to fill.
0: Yep, and that really caps his upside, because regardless of how good he is, regardless of what he could produce, regardless of how much better he gets with the playbook, you always have that cap ceiling, because you have somebody like D-Hop, who profiles as an alpha receiver, right? playing on one side of the field. Yep. And then on the other side of the field, you have Hollywood, who's got a fat contract.
1: And you also have A.J. Uh, Brown, or... You have A.J. Green, like, AJ kicking Green, it around the locker
0: you. room, like... You got Zach Ertz who just signed a three year deal, who's also showing that he's productive. Like, regardless of how good you think Rondell Moore is as a profile or mm-hmm. as a player, my man is not gonna have the opportunity to really be that breakout receiver you might need. Which is one of those reasons why. Um, on all of those like kind of third round receivers, all those guys who went around the third round of the dynasty drafts in twenty twenty one, um, Rondale and even the Dwayne Eskridge. I know he didn't produce much, but you know what I'm saying? He's still on the Seattle team. Carroll likes him. He was the first pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. Those guys, man, it's really, it's it's a hold that you kind of have to, you just kind of have to deal with as an owner, and um, you kind of hope it goes in your favor moving forward.
1: For sure, man. I mean, like, are there any people that you're thinking of right now that are on your team that you kind of are in sell mode, or are you kind of just chilling with your team right now? I know you've had some <clears throat> I know that you've had some like personal problems about your team lately just because you think it's kind of yeah at so, least I think it's kind of mid
2: let, let me you, give you, you've been
1: looking at the upside lately which is good but I think overall it's gonna be mid this year for sure
0: let me give the audience some insight so in 2019 uh, summer 2019 one of my buddies from one of my home redraft leagues text me and he wants to start a dynasty draft cool. oh Let's do it. I've never done one before. Fuck it. Let's go. And long story short, we get to draft day and me treating it like a real draft and being cocky and not doing as much research. As much research, I draft guys in 2019, the likes of Todd Gurley, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, like all these players who have been in the league a few years. They're probably closer to the end than the beginning. And um, that didn't really work out in my favor and so i've made the playoffs of the three years one year i did one year i didn't and one year i didn't because of like a rule change we had which was uh debated and whatever but long story short my team's in rebuild mode somewhat but i still want to compete because i don't have much for draft picks because i traded all my draft picks early when i did not know better you're for an idiot high quality starters idiot stupid in dynasty right So, long story short, I'm in a position where I have a bunch of year two, year three receivers I traded high draft capital for, such as a Brandon Ayuk or a Jerry Judy. Um, I traded Antonio Gibson for what at the time was a one-two before the draft happened, so Antonio Gibson still had value. And I went out and got a Garrett Wilson. So, my bench is made up of old Wiley bets I picked up from the waiver wire, and they're made up of uh, guys who, you know... Haven't really performed well, but they're still young and have opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I cut this whole long thing short to say that I'm in a position where I'm waiting on guys like Corey Davis, James Washington, uh, Calvin Austin on the Steelers. Mm -hmm. It's just a bunch of guys who have probably really um, not that high of a floor, but I mean if they come to be the things that I think they could become, uh, they could be a big benefit to my team. And so, um, I forgot what our original question was, but I'll ask you a new one. Uh, who is a guy that you think is a sleeper uh, for this year um, that no one's really kind of maybe given that respect to?
1: Um, I guess off rip, everyone keeps saying that George Pickens uh, is going to be a larger impact than what uh, people have been saying. So, I think that the off chance that, I mean, Maybe he does slide into, like, a wide receiver three, you know, like, just barely. I, w- I could see that happening. Like, I could that see him outscoring uh, Chase Claypool. And, you <laughs> Top know, three. Yeah, man. Like, I just think that he he has the upside, and I think that him as a rookie, I think he would obviously not be within that tier. Yeah. So I could see him being, like, uh sure. wide receiver three at the end of the year. For sure. Um, I could also honestly see. I I hate that he's also on my team, but Zamir White, I think he could be a sleepy RB two by the end of the sleep. A sleepy RB two. Yeah, like I think that a lot of people are thinking that he's going to just be put on the back burner, and I think at some point, just because it happens every fucking year, but. I think Josh Jacobs is going to go down for a couple games. He's going to just slide in for a couple plays. Mm-hmm. And I think that Zamir White could be splitting the workload with Josh Jacobs by the end of the season to get him ready to be the RB1 of that team next season.
0: Interesting. This is probably Zamir White's. This is going to be a really make or break season for his long term prospects.
1: I don't think so, honestly. I mean, like, with Zamir White, I think he has the ability to. Like if he isn't like uh standout this year, I think next year could be a year where he could at least like at least be shown out a little bit. And then by year three if he could be the R B one of that team, I think that would be fine. But
2: what?
1: I I just think that it's gonna accelerate faster than what people are thinking. And it's all just dependent on what uh, you know, Josh McDaniels wants to do, I guess.
0: So when I look at the New England Patriots offense over the last, let's say, ten years. Um, it's been an offense that has had a lot of roles. They continually draft running backs to make sure that they get somebody who can specialize in one aspect of the offense. Yeah. Blocking, running, catching, whatever. And so, I think that that's obviously, that was designed in New England to help them with the cap, to help them with being, uh, you know what I'm saying, like smart, not paying a lot to the running back position.
1: Well, but... Uh... I'll just say this, I mean, just to counteract your point right away, I don't want to cut you off, but I think what Josh McDaniels said, like once he got the job was that he didn't want to be like Bill and he wanted to do his own thing because that's what he tried to do in Denver and it didn't pay out. Yeah. And now that you've seen, like, they went out and they draft or they went out and traded for Devontae right away. They went out and they paid uh, Hunter Renfro to keep him for a few more years right away. Like, these are all things that they have done to make sure that they solidified the core that they want. And so, I think by that, by them doing that, I think that's kind of pushing him away from, like, that Bill standard. The Bill Belichick standard of, you know, just uh, yeah. drafting uh, assets, keeping them if they make sense, or dropping them right away. I feel you. You know, so, I don't know. So, like, that's why I'm a little hesitant on uh, what you're saying. Because I think by them drafting Zemir White... I think that it kind of, and then them uh, also declining the fifth-year option of Josh Jacobs. To me, it kind of just puts into play, like, their long-term is going to be Zamir White, just because, I mean, like, they, they put a fourth-round draft pick into it, which isn't much. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's enough to at least have an asset into it. I mean, when you look at our running backs nowadays, typically they are around, like, that 3-2, mm-hmm. like, 7, like, Not a lot of players are really drafted in the first. Not a bunch of them are taken in the second. If they are, they're obviously studs and, Mm -hmm. like, elite. But, I mean, not every team really necessarily needs that or thinks that those are necessary.
0: I think that what you said about Josh McDaniels doing things differently from the Patriots old way, because obviously he wants to be his own guy. He wants to make his own system. He yeah. kind of like those guys out West, like Cliff Kingsbury and Kyle Shanahan and even Pete Carroll to an extent, Sean mm-hmm. McVay. They all kind of do things their way. Right. Right. And so he's somewhat out West. He's Josh McDaniels. I won all these rings with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And he declines all the fifth year options because he wants these guys to prove it because they weren't the ones that drafted him. And he's not going to pay a premium to see what they have to offer. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's going to see what they have to offer at the cheapest possible rate and then make a decision next off season. Right. And so I think that doesn't necessarily mean Josh Jacobs is going to be gone. Do I particularly want him there as a Jacobs, you know, owner in Dynasty Leagues? I don't mind it, but I also think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity next year. For sure. I think that teams like the Giants, who might move off of Saquon, I think that it's going to be too recently uh, that they had the experience of Saquon where they invest early capital in a running back. Mm -hmm. So maybe they use Brian Dayball and they go pay for uh, proven, proven talent. But regardless, I think Josh Jacobs is one of those players who sees a second contract and sees production on a second contract. Oh,
1: for sure. I think he's way too talented not to.
0: That's irrelevant to my original point, which is I think Josh McDaniels, I think that him running all of those different running back sets and Mm -hmm. utilizing all those different guys wasn't solely because he was in New England, but maybe it's just how he's seen the game and he's seen how it's affected him. And at the end of the day... He's the one calling all those plays, those running backs are going out there and performing, which means that I have to assume there's some level of attachment to having that ability, something that you've known, something that you've built your offense around.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like he definitely is one of those guys who is, like, a running back specialist. Like, he yeah. wants to have a running back for an exact tool. And Bill Belichick, obviously, I think, fostered that into him.
0: Every, offen- every offensive head coach that you give, like, credit to or that you think of as elite, Uses multiple running backs, right? Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, Kyle Shanahan. None of those offensive geniuses just use one guy, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So I think that that's something that you really have to take into account when you're projecting running backs for the Raiders because they're also in a division in which they're probably going to be
1: airing the ball, airing the
0: ball out, and probably the worst team in that division, which is already elite.
1: Or let me ask you this. In that type of, in those types of games, don't you think it would be better to command the clock and control the ball? Rather it would than, be. So, I don't it would, know. It that, would be better, yeah. So, who knows? I mean, obviously having those, I mean, they also added Rashawn Stevenson as well. Totally. But so, I, four running backs on that roster as of right now going in the training camp.
0: I think that when you were playing against Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert,
1: you don't necessarily have the luxury of you don't have the luxury the of
0: deciding when you're gonna sit on the ball, bro. You right. do it when you are privileged enough to be in a like if you're good a situation, you know. It,
1: yeah, for sure. Yes, you're
0: talking yeah. about three Hall of Fame quarterbacks potentially.
1: Goddamn near.
0: So it's like I don't know if the Raiders are really seeking guys out to be the focal point of the offense. I don't think Josh Jacobs is gonna go out there and go crazy this year like everybody else does. I think that he's gonna be a focal part of maybe the red zone offense and he's going to get his carries uh, on first and second down but when you look at having Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, they brought in their other guy from New England uh, in the backfield uh, they just have so many options and i don't project anyone on the raiders offense being in being a top 10 running back anytime in the future
1: no for sure not top 10 not at all but i just think that's why zamir white just to me like i just think off rip like I said, like if situation all happens like where Josh Jacobs does I mean, even if he does just lose it from like practice, which I don't think is would happen, but like if he gets hurt and if Zamir White just because he's a, the newest drafted rookie, if he's able to step in and just be like what's up, bitch? Like I'm here to stay actually.
0: Yo, you know who didn't do that? Who? Uh Rob Gronkowski. So, Rob Gronkowski tied in for the pa- or the Buccaneers and formerly the Patriots. Uh, Rob Gronkowski retired today. And he made an announcement through his agent. Yep. Agent said he might be able to come back. We'll see. But for right now, they have Kate Oden on the Buccaneers and Cameron Brait as the starting tight end going into 2022. Yeah. How do you feel about Cameron Brait and Kate Odden, Dugo?
1: Uh... So Cameron Brate, he's been effective before. Um, and I think he was also one of those guys that Tom Brady wanted to come to the Buccaneers. So I think that that's really cool. Uh, so they have that sort of chemistry. It seemed like last year he was getting some targets. So that's dank. Mm-hmm. Um, with Cade Otten, I don't really know how much I love him his profile coming out of Washington, if I'm going to keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he, he kind of has a size to where he could be effective. Um, but overall, I didn't really like his profile coming out. I just thought that everything he did, uh, everyone else could do a little bit better. Um, so we'll see, man. Like I just think that they're probably if, if that is true, if Gronkowski doesn't come back, they're probably going to have to get a third tight end. Which, at this point, I don't know Where you who, get that
0: from. You kind of just stuck with the guys you have.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you never know who's just chilling out in free agency that we're just kind of forgetting about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like There's a lot of motherfuckers like that. Unless they just want to spread it out for a year. Who knows?
0: You know what I like about um, Cameron Brait? What's side, dude? Is he's been with the Buccaneers for a while. He's had a few years uh, under the coach of the Todd Bowles. He's someone that knows Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. And historically, that tight end within the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers has averaged somewhere around, like, five or six catches a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gronk averaged maybe, like, six catches around 80 to 100 yards, damn near every game, and hella tutties. Yeah. You know? So, like, Tom Brady likes a veteran. Tom Brady likes the tight end, historically. Mm -hmm. And Cameron Brady's a veteran with reliable hands. He does everything reliably well. Right. And just by the mere fact of him being there and not having much for competition because they lost OJ Howard... They lost, you know, Grodkowski. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Cameron Braid is kind of the guy, and he's going to be getting a lot of work alongside Russell Gage this year uh, with AB, you know, officially gone from the team and Chris Godwin potentially out until maybe November. Right. So Cameron Braid right now is available in a lot of waiver wires. I would spend maybe four or five bucks fab to go get him right now if you play with a $100 budget. Mm hmm. But he's somebody that has some upside because of the offense, because of the fact that Mike Evans is going to be the one. Russell Gage is probably going to be the two. Mm-hmm. And unless Rashad White pops out and does something, Bray's probably going to be the number three receiving option, unless, you know, Scotty Miller or somebody kind of shows out for a little bit.
1: That's fair. I mean, you're also forgetting about... Um... The wide receiver that just came out of Minnesota not too long ago. I forget. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. I mean, he... We'll see. He had a little bit of chemistry with uh, Brady back in a uh, couple years ago. Like, yeah. Or last year, I think it was. Like mm-hmm. He looked pretty dang together. Yeah. So, who knows if he pops into a bigger role. I think Leonard... But, F-
0: I, I don't mean to cut you off, but no. I think Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has a really big year this year. And yeah. I think I th- he's gone... He He could be, like, borderline league winner.
1: Yeah, I just, I hate throwing all my baskets in there, Leonard Fournette, though. Like, as much as usually it pops off, like, I, it's always, like, the slim chance of, like, it doesn't. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, right now, that room isn't as, like, loaded. Like, you've seen, uh, Rondell, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, who went oh, to the Chiefs. Oh, uh, Jones. Yeah. Ronald Jones. Yeah, Ronald Jones. Thank you, Yeah. We saw Ronald Jones go to the Chiefs and so that room is just a little less uh crowded. So yeah, I could see Leonard Fournette definitely popping off this year for sure. Like for sure. I guess where would you rank him going into let's say like a redraft league right now?
0: I could probably get Leonard Fournette in the second round of a twelve team.
1: Would you wanna wait until the second round? Or yeah. like or Yeah, would,
0: yeah because do you
1: think you could wait until the third?
0: I think by the end of the second, beginning of the third, he's gone in a 12-team redraft league.
1: That's kind of sus. I don't know if I value him at that.
0: If I think he's going to go around the tier that James Conner goes. Interesting. So, it's kind of how much do you trust his reliability.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know if I how much I do with his age, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Ty runs the ball more. Leonard Fournette, history with the system. Tom Brady's boy. Tom Brady recruited him to come back while he was a free agent for the year. Right. And he's going to be in an offense that we know is going to go and it's going to be a playoff contending team. Right. So they're going to be a team with wins on the board. They're not just going to flake out with Tom Brady, right? Right. So regardless, he's going to get a lot of opportunity. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with him. That's where I'm at with a lot of other guys.
1: Yeah, man. I, if it's me, I would think about getting Leonard Fournette, if he's available and I could be capping on this, but like, I would see him maybe going like the fourth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I mean, like I've seen, I feel like Zeke in the fourth last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So to think that Leonard Fournette can fall to the fourth this year, I mean, like maybe I could get him there, but honestly with his age uh yeah he might be the rb1 which is gonna be dank but he has a history with injuries too so take it yeah. as you will i don't know for i'm sure. gonna get out of here though man good talking you tonight. yo
0: we appreciate y'all thanks for tapping in make sure you tap in with us on youtube just type in gumbo you'll see us big orange logo uh of a gumbo pot yeah and uh check out our videos we've been putting out more content on youtube dropping little short clips and uh kind of just reviewing guys that uh we think have upside so if you like quick hit content Follow us on YouTube. Um, You know, my name is Ja. I'm Dugo. We hope y'all enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Peace.